0: Well, guys, quickly, I just want to remind you while, while we're doing this series, why, why have we spent the last six weeks doing this, this, this final week here being week six? Why are we doing this? And here is the goal. Uh, guys, our goal uh, is to help you learn how to share the gospel by showing you how you can use one book, the book of Romans, as a guide or, or a road to sharing six essential truths about Jesus with other people. And uh, we know this is something we're commanded to do. Right, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 uh, says, uh, Jesus says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me, therefore I say to you, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Well, Mark's account, same occurrence, a little different. He says, you're to go and you're to preach the gospel means you're to go and you're to proclaim the good news. And we're learning exactly what that good news is so that as we go about our life, we know how to share what Christ has done for us. And to this point, we've covered five really important truths out of the book of Romans. Uh, Point number one, right? Our first essential truth, God created us and we're accountable to him. God created us and we're accountable to him. Romans 1.20 says that we're without excuse, that God's creator. He made everything, including us, and he gave us good rules to live by. And because he made us, we owe him. We're accountable to him and unto his rules. That's the first step in the road. The second step, though, is that though that's the case, we've all rebelled against God and we're guilty of sin. All right, we've all rebelled against God's right rules, and, and, and we're guilty of sin. And we're not just guilty of our sin, we, we've all actually sinned. We're also guilty of the sin of Adam and Eve. It's called inherited sin. And that's, that's where we are, right? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And then we take the next step, and we learn that because God is holy, the penalty of sin is death. Because God is holy, the penalty of sin is death. And, and, and we just established that God's eternal. And not only is he eternal, but he's the source of eternal life. Revelation says that the river of life flows from his throne. And where God is, his life is. But the problem is that God is also holy. And he can't have sin in his presence. And so because we're sinful, we can't be in his presence. And if we can't be in the presence of a holy God, then we will die. And that's what the Bible means which says the wages of sin is death but then there's good news in that same verse that kicks in right but but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord and so this is our fourth step because God is gracious Jesus died in our place because God is gracious Jesus died in our place God's loving and gracious towards us but he's also just and he cannot look the other way he cannot ignore sin And so God sent Jesus, and Jesus became flesh. And Jesus lived among us, and he lived the life that we couldn't. He perfectly upheld the law, and then his blood was shed. He died in our place. And God accepted his shed blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. God accepted his shed blood as atonement for our sin, as a payment for our sin. And that kind of creates with us a, a, a choice, Right? At that moment, we have to decide, are we going to accept God's solution to our sin problem? Are we going to try to keep doing it on our own, which led us to our essential truth from last week, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we kind of established that, like, listen, uh, either you're going to do it God's way or you're going to try to do it your way. The problem with your way, problem with your way is that without Jesus... We have no hope of getting right with God. And so we talked about, when we try to do it our way, what we're trying to do is we're trying to become a better person. And the problem is that God is not just better, God is perfect. And listen, no matter how well you follow God's rules, if you were to go back right now in life and say, you know what, I'm going to get my life right, I'm going to become a better person, I'm going to start doing all the things that God says. Listen, the law has no power to undo what you've already done. And so while the law may be good as, as far as helping you learn how to live and what pleases God, it is powerless to make you holy because it can't take away what's already been done, right? So we need a Savior. And so we, we left off with the fifth essential truth, the fifth step in the road, which was that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But what does that mean? Right? What, what does it mean? How, how do we do that? What does scripture entail when it says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord? It's got to mean something other than just saying, Lord, it's got to mean something. So what does it mean? That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. A couple things and I'll share our final truth. So here is the first thing I want you to see is that calling on the name of the Lord requires a heartfelt belief that Jesus died and rose again for your sake. Okay? Now, that's emphasis there on purpose. Calling on the name of the Lord requires a heartfelt belief that Jesus died and rose again for your sake. Here's our final step in in the book of Romans. It's Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart Resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. You see, in order to be saved, we have to call on the name of the Lord. And what does that mean? What well, means we have a belief that God will indeed save us. We believe in our heart that Jesus Jesus wants to save us, right that, that He will save us. That, that's ultimately it, and, and, and this is what I'm saying to you. This isn't some like casual belief, right? I mean, this is this is not some kind of general belief. Like, there's a lot of people in our world that say, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe in, in God, kind of, sort of, you know. And, and yeah, I, I could buy, yeah, Jesus, I, I mean, I, I believe that He really lived. I think He was a good teacher. That's not the kind of belief that we're talking about. That kind of belief doesn't lead to salvation, because the Bible says even the demons believe that. Right? I, I mean, James 2.19 says, you believe that God is one good, even the demons believe, and, and they shudder. And so we know, like, it can't be some kind of general belief that they're, they're okay, maybe there's a God, and, and yeah, okay, I can buy that Jesus was a person, and, and, and yeah, you know, I mean, he was a good teacher, but I mean, I, I, just all those rules, all that stuff, that's not really for me. Like, like that's not going to cut it, because the Bible says there is only one solution to our sin problem, that's it. There's just one solution to our sin problem. His name his name is, is Jesus. And so what we have to do then, guys, is we have to take these general truths about God that we've been learning, right? I mean, we learned a couple of weeks ago, Romans five, eight, but God proves his own love for us in this though, we are still sinners, Christ died for us. By the way, that's our memory verse right now. If you guys are doing our Bible reading program, I hope that you are. We, we have bookmarks for you still here. If you, it's not too late to join us. We just started the book of Luke this week. You can catch up or you can just pick a day and, and jump in. Romans 5 eight. notice that language, us, we, us. That's, it's talking about like this is like globally. This is, this is what Jesus did for all who would believe. It's us, it's we, Last week we talked about Romans ten thirteen. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, us, we, and and so that's a general belief, right? And Paul's doing that because he's speaking to a a kind of the whole church. He's speaking to an audience. But but I want you to know that that Paul believed that Jesus died for him personally. That's 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 how Paul was saved is because he came to a personal understanding that if he were the only person on the face of the planet, that Jesus died for him. Now that's not the case. Jesus died for everyone who would believe. But, but it's this personal understanding. Listen, this is huge. Because it means that I come to an understanding that I know that me, man, with all of my scars and with all of my history, and with all of my baggage, that God still loves me so much that Jesus died for me. It's not some belief that, there, well, there may be a God, and yeah, I'm sure He had a son. It's, no, there is a God. He had a son, and His son Jesus, man, Jesus stepped out of heaven, and He lived a life that I couldn't, and, and knowing all the ways that I would mess up, He still died for me. Man, that's huge. It's a huge difference. And and I want you to see how Paul summed it up. Galatians 2.20, he says, Man, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Get this last line. Who loved me, and He gave Himself for me. So we get to this point in Romans 10, 9 and 10. We, last week, man, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, what does it take for me to call on the name of the Lord? I have to believe personally that Jesus died for me. That's the first part of that. Second thing I want you to understand is this morning is that calling on the name of the Lord requires coming to an end of our self-sufficiency, self-sufficiency in relation to God. Calling on the name of the Lord requires coming to an end of our self-sufficiency in relation to God. So calling on the name of the Lord, guys, it, it's, it's literally an admission, right? I mean, it's an admission. I'm, I'm calling on, on the name of Jesus to save me because I finally have realized I can't. And there's nothing that I can do to make myself right with God. I am stuck. I need help. God, you are right. God, you are, 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 are accurate. I need you. God, save me. I can't do it. That's what this call is. It is a plea for help. Jesus, save me. You are right. I am wrong. Right? That's what it means when, when it says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. That, that sounds easy. That sounds great, but I need you to know what that call is. that call is an admission that you cannot do it on your own. You need to be saved, right? So so it's an end of all self-sufficiency, which kind of frames our final essential truth. We're sharing the gospel and we're using the book of Romans. Here's the last thing I think we should tell people, and it's this, that calling on the name of the Lord means admitting we need saving, believing God can and will save us, and finally, submitting ourselves fully to Jesus. Calling on the name of the Lord means admitting we need saving, believing God can and will save us, and submitting ourselves to Jesus. So three components, uh, admitting that we need saving, we just covered that. That's what it means to call on the name of the Lord. God, help me. God, I need it. God, I am stuck. God, I can't make myself right. I'm tired. I can't make myself holy. There's no way I can undo what's already been done. I've been trying. I, I need help, God. Save me. So that's the first thing. admitting I'm coming to an end of myself. I can't do this. That's step one, right? But then there has to be belief. But I believe... That you have already provided a way for me to be made right with you. His name is Jesus. And Jesus, I believe in the depths of who I am that you died for me. I believe it. And then there's this last part and that's submitting. See, because if you're going to call on the name of the Lord, that word in, in Greek carries something with it. See, the, 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 the term Lord... Literally implies that we are submitting to someone else's authority. That's what Lord means. It means you have authority over me. And and this is where we have a hole in the modern gospel today because we don't teach people that that listen to call on the name of the Lord. It's not, oh, just save me. I'm going to go do my same thing and I'm just adding you to my, my life. Like that doesn't work. Like submitting to the Lord means you're now in charge. I'm stuck, I can't do I can't do this, like, I can't save myself, I believe in you, and I'm going to call on you, Lord, you now have authority over me for the rest of my days. Someone once explained it to me like an exchange, and that's what it is. We bring our broken, tattered, messed up, sinful life unto God, and he takes it, and we don't get it back. Instead, we get the perfect life of Jesus and we submit to his authority and to his rulership in our life from now on. That's what we're talking about. This is what the gospel is about. And guys, if we don't get there when we share the gospel with people, if we don't, if we don't teach them that it means submission unto Jesus for what he's done, for who he is, like that's, that's the price, then we haven't really shared the gospel We've only shared part of it. Does that make sense? Okay. So listen, we're all called to go and share the gospel. I want to challenge you to do that. So let me give you some application, and then we're going to wrap it up. So uh, number one uh, application this week, we want you to memorize the final essential truth. Okay. I told you guys I'm going to have a bookmark for you. I'm working on it tomorrow. Alright, we, we didn't print them because I, I didn't write this until Thursday. I couldn't have them ready for you on Sunday. That's not how, we don't work that fast around here. So, we're going to try to have them for you next week. We're going to see if we can. Uh, do something you can stick in your Bible, carry around with you that you can always reference, right? So, Memorize Essential Truth Number 6. We want you to attach that, mentally attach that to Romans 10, 9, and 10. All right. Romans 10, 9, and 10. We just read that this morning. Okay? We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. We will be saved. I want, want you to attach those two verses there with that. And then lastly, we want you to begin asking God daily for opportunities to share the gospel. This is a huge one that we don't do. Right? We don't do this well enough, guys. I mean, church would look different if we did. God, daily, provide me with an opportunity to share these truths with someone today. Okay? That's what we're going to do. And last thing I want to say to you guys, whether you're here or if you're at home, especially if you're at home, I know our online audience has grown and we have people from all over the place. I want to say this to you today, that today could literally be the day of your salvation. And if you heard this message today and you have never done that, if, if you've never come to an end of yourself, if you've never uh, believed that God loved you enough to die just for you, and if you've never submitted your life unto him, today could be the day of your salvation. And, and listen, there's no, no magic way for that to happen other, belief, other than belief, confession, and submission. Um, a lot of times we do that through prayer. God, I feel like you're speaking to me. We know we can't come to God without God calling us to himself. I feel like this was for me. And and if that's you, you're probably listening. You're like, this dude was in my head. He knows what I've been going through. And I don't, but but God does. And so what we ask you to do is maybe today would be the day that you would humbly just bow your head before God and say, okay, God, I'm done. I give up trying to do this on my own. I recognize I cannot save myself. I believe that Jesus loves me and died for me. And so, the best way I know how now I submit my life unto Him. Jesus, save me. And if you pray that prayer, He will do that. He'll do that. Absolutely. All right? A couple things I want to share with you guys. Uh, we have some exciting, exciting news to share with you guys. And so, uh, I'm going to throw this slide up full screen just for a moment. Um, we have a special called business meeting next Sunday, 314, and we can go back to me for a second. And uh, here is the deal. This is some of the best news that you are, are going to hear. Like, it is crazy. We've been praying for a long time. God, uh, what do you want us to do? What are we supposed to do as a church? He led us several years ago to purchase 18 acres. Uh, it cost a whole lot of money to build a new church. We said, Lord, I don't even know what to do. We have not listed this property. Uh, we didn't put this up for sale, uh, but somebody approached us. With an offer on this property, and we're going to talk to you about that offer next Sunday. Okay, uh, it is it is pretty stinking phenomenal. And so the way this works because we're having a worship service and community time afterwards, we're just scheduling the business meeting for twelve thirty. So if you guys come to the early service, if you want to go grab some late breakfast or whatever, uh, then then come back here at twelve thirty or just just jump online, we'll, we'll have it hosted on Zoom, uh, and, and we're going to talk about this. Uh, we, we have an offer on this property, and it is, it is a God-sized offer, um, I, I'm, I'm telling you. So, so we are super excited. Your deacon body uh, was unanimous. They wanted to bring this offer to you as a church, and so, man, we are super excited a, about this and what it may open up for us, okay? Everybody excited? <laughs> woo Yeah, I just did that on a live microphone, and you guys at home on your TV. I'm so sorry. Uh, Catherine Carter has another couple of announcements for us real quick. So, Ms. Catherine, will you uh, share with us, please?
1: Yes, yes. We are so excited. We have some big things we want to share with you guys. Um, So, next weekend is our daylight saving time, so we're going to spring forward one hour. So, don't forget to set your clocks ahead an hour Saturday night. And then we are talking VBS, everyone. We're really excited. We are going to do a hybrid this year. So the week of June 13th through the 17th will be our VBS. And we're going to offer two services outside each day that week. So we'll cap it at five, 50 kids in each service, and then we'll also record one of them to have it online. Now, if you would like to be a volunteer with VBS this year, we would love for you guys to attend a short volunteer meeting uh, the Sunday of the 21st, and we're going to host it outside at 1230. So please mark your calendars for that and join us. And then last but not least, guys, we've been talking summer camp. It's going to happen. We are actually going to take our youth and our preteens to the same campsite, Highland Lakes. Our youth are going to go in June. The... 21st through the 25th and our preteens are going to go in august the 1st through the 4th if you have a kiddo in those categories that, and you would like them to attend please contact either franklin or i and we'll have more information about that soon all right here's pastor jason
0: summer camp that sounds almost kind of like normal
1: um Sorry, we're
0: we're a little excited around here, a little excited. Uh, Guys, we love you so much. I want to say goodbye to our online audience. We love you so much. Please tune in next week or come join us in person.